Hello and welcome to the Nerd Alternative, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. Today you're joined by me, Ram, and... And me, Hassan. Um, so today is it's kind of a continuation of a special episode that we dropped last week in which we uh, got to talk to two actresses, the two lead actresses of um, the new blockbuster Beast, which came out on Friday the 26th of August. Um, so we're just going to get uh, into the film itself um, and just do a, a bit of a review. But um, before that, we've got a bit of news to talk about, as always. Right. Uh, so the first bit of news is a... It's a, it's a bit of a frustrating one. Um, the PlayStation 5 has had a price increase. Um, and this is the first time, I think, since the history of um, games consoles, that yeah. after two years, the price has gone up rather than yeah, down. That doesn't make any sense. But... Mm, it, it's like, it's ridiculous. Um, mm. the, uh, the, the blog post that they put out, they were citing how... Um, the world is kind of in like a bit of a flux at the moment and there's mm -hmm. like rising like uh, energy prices and like the inflation and all these kind of things and it's like okay cool so this is when yeah. you make your console more yeah, expensive I was like, so that doesn't even make it like surely you'd be like punch your roll and mm. reduce your prices mm. because the cost of living has gone up not the other way around but yeah like it, it's it's almost like a slap in the face like everything's gone up and we're gonna go up in spite of you like yeah yeah. It, it's it's just it's it's unheard of as well like it's just really never happened before um it's gone up by 30 pounds um in the uk 50 euros in the u and like uh, the european market um the price increase has gone up everywhere except for the us which is mm. the the main uh market for the P uh the playstation i mean that's just a piss take mm -hmm. it, <laughs> um, it really is i'm so glad that i did get like the ps5 at the time because i think between this and scalpers and everything is just like it feels like if you don't get things the, the moment which is annoying because obviously even when we got it, it was kind of like a bit of a rush but also it just happened that i had like like just had a surplus of cash and it's like that's not really the case for everyone some people are going to be like waiting or like mm. saving up for it and even at that point it was like not available very widely so there was already <laughs> this extra composition so it's like i just don't know why like even now i still hear people being like oh i'm like having trouble actually buying the console at all and i just feel like it's such a bad business move because it will put people off um and also it's cheeky that they're doing it now that there's actually like ps5 exclusive games that are coming out slowly so there's more mm -hmm. of a reason to actually get the con console whereas like before you didn't really need to buy it i feel like i just yeah, like, yeah, so, I don't know. It's just, I, why? Why? Mm. What is the reason? The, um, the, the like, funny one of it, um, so everyone's been asking Nintendo and uh, Microsoft, are they going to be following suit? And they both resoundingly said, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. like, no. Um, it, this is kind of like a trend um, recently with Sony and fairly anti-consumer practices like the the price hike is on top of the fact that they have the most expensive new games yeah for exactly. either uh, for either other console in the major mm. market it's it's wild like they've they priced themselves into this like premium that yeah not everyone can afford them which is like it's stupid like these games are like you know um 
Like, I feel like sometimes even the reason I end up playing a lot of indie games is because, like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to pay that much money to buy a game. <laughs> like, exactly. like, like, it's just a lot of, and this is coming from someone who spent a lot of money on Sims 4, like, <laughs> a lot of money, and that was not worth it. And I could, like, I've actually, today, I actually said that I'm not going to buy it anymore. <laughs> they're actually taking the piss now. Like, they're, they're actually not, not, um, not like, they're extortion it's extortionate and they're exploiting people but um I just feel like you know it's just you don't want to push people to a point where a they're going to the other competition because I do feel like I play more games on my switch anyway because it's just easy to find random gems on there but also it's like it's not very accessible for new gamers or when I think about people who are like you know, like when my brother got a console for the first time, like my mom's not going to be out there trying to buy him 70 pound games, especially not like, you know, in now in the cost mm-hmm. of living crisis. So it's like, you're kind of the next generation of gamers. Like obviously we're adults. So if we want to spend that much money on a game, we can, if we want to, but you know, there's other, there's so many circumstances happening and just like the price of everything going up games isn't really a priority at the moment. So it's like, why mm-hmm. would you make that? Like, why would you push people out? um essentially but you know eat the rich (laughs) (laughs) it's just like if games are like a beautiful escape like why would you yeah why would you make it an escape only accessible for people with like large surpluses of cash that's that's like mm, that doesn't feel good yeah Mm. and on that cheery note (laughs) (laughs) um so recently um Ryan Johnson has oh, come out and talked yeah. about Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi. He's talking about he's proud of, he's <sighs> more proud now of, of The Last Jedi than he was when it released. You should never uh, be proud. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I don't want to be, like, mean for someone who's made something and they're proud of the work that they've put in. I'm like, you sure you, you've... But, like... I'm it a isn't a good product. Care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, mm. I don't care. I don't know. I just, I, part of me is weird because I feel like I've had such a weird um, relationship, not relationship, but like, like just weird opinion. Like I've been back and forth where I, I know I objectively don't like the film, don't like where it kind of like took everything and how it kind of just spoiled, um, you know, the, the route that we were headed in. But part of me did, like, kind of respect that he just took a risk and just did something very different, which is something mm. that, like, I... The reason I'm not really into Star Wars is because I do just feel like it's a bit boring. It's, like, you know, I find it really hard to... um pr- Well, in addition to fans who are, like, you know, obviously <laughs> not all fans, but, like, the really racist, disgusting, misogynistic fans... um in addition to them and the fact that there's like this massive galaxy that like can really capture your imagination. We're just telling these boring stories. I did kind of respect the fact that he was like, you know what, I'm going to do something different. But I just think that it was like, you know, if someone's given you, if I've created a, a franchise, like a new, like, you know, if I was, JJ Abrams has come up with this like new movie or whatever you know it's not it's a little bit predictable but it's setting up a franchise and you come and you just completely change it and do it and like I felt like that was really disrespectful because it's just like there was a clear plan and you didn't even like you know maybe subvert expectations well you did subvert expectations but you took them (laughs) completely to the left and just made it so that this franchise was just not salvageable anymore because it, it you know there was threads that we just couldn't follow 
um and it was super disruptive so I don't know I found it it yeah it almost felt just I don't know spite almost yeah of the of the the plot from the the, movie earlier literally it it didn't just uh, cut threads off it made a lot of progression for characters impossible yeah and and it disregarded pretty much anyone of color yeah yeah that that was that was my like real big jarring sticking point with they the first film it had issues with its representation and it had issues with how it treated ray as a woman and as a character yeah but like the the last jedi just it it felt like a slap in the face from every direction yeah literally Uh, and like no amount of cool starship flying into another starship is going to fix that for me like it, it can't like and i feel like just also that like the other thing is that um it really incited or like validated a lot of the fans that we were talking about that are yeah. the people that we do not like that make us not want to engage with star wars at all because all of a sudden you've given this, them this figurehead in he who shall not be named because I can't remember his name <laughs> in, in Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it like gave them this figurehead in Kylo Ren that they get to like cosplay as and like, you know, create these weird fantasies about a character. Like when you look at their relationship, that is not a relationship to be like, that's a relationship you would admire on Wattpad when you're 12 years old and you actually never seen a healthy, <laughs> healthy relationship before. And you're like, oh my God, it's so attractive that he watches her while she sleeps. Like, what the hell? It's, like, that is that's fucked up. Like, it's mm. like people who are like in their big old age still like into the relationships in Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. I mean, I'm into them, but in the like, oh my God, I can't believe I was into that. <laughs> like, like, whoa. Yeah, right. I'm glad I've grown, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, it's just weird that he's saying that he's proud of it, considering like what is attached to you. And I know like I really enjoyed the film Knives Out, you know, mm-hmm. like I know he can make a good movie, but mm-hmm. it's just like I just think if you have kind of been given a franchise and you're coming into the middle movie, maybe don't like, you know, fly off the wall <laughs> and create <laughs> some random like it felt like a fan fiction. Yes, it like it was like someone who's watched the last one and said, "I don't yeah. want that. I'm gonna make yeah. my own." Yeah, Star Wars with blackjack and hookers. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't even get us started on that. Like you mentioned it, I just said I'm gonna gloss over it because I really can't talk about John Boyega in that movie, um, <sighs> or even just the character of Rose. I was like, why did you introduce her for her to do? Like literally. she literally didn't have to be in the movie. Do dish. Like they, they, they had so many opportunities to do good. Like so many opportunities to do good. Even like better than than episode seven. Like, yeah. I'm just yeah, like I like Star Wars, but like I can't pretend that Star Wars likes me. Yeah, yeah. or anyone who looks like us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And onto our last piece of news. Um, this is like actually we're we're tailing this off on something really happy. Actually, uh, Spy X Family is back on October first for the second Woo-hoo! half of season one. Yeah. Yay. Now also rumors of hiking coming back, but they're like so unconfirmed. Like I don't, I can't, I'm not sure if I'm at the stage where the rumors have been confirmed about the movie or not. I feel like they have been confirmed. The, about the movie's the movie. coming out. The show is coming out. They okay. there's no date for the show yet, yeah. but it's nice. next year, I think. Yes. Something is happening. Mm. Like I, I just wanted to put that in there because <laughs> it also makes me happy. Mm. Yay! Good news. Um, really temper your expectation because i've i've heard some like 
some shenanigans going on. I mean, it seems like shenanigans probably because even last season, I really enjoyed it, but the animation was so janky. I was like, what is happening? Like there's clearly <laughs> something happening behind the scenes because like some episodes I was like, and I'm not usually one to spot like weird animation, but mm. I was like, this is janky as hell. It, it's um, like they saved the budget for like the the big yeah. the big animated episodes, yeah. but like the, the problem with like a sports anime in particular is because of like how dynamic it yeah. is. Yeah, there's to gonna have to be like a lot of frames, and this yeah. that incurs a lot of cost, doesn't it? So like, I get why if the whole season is a tournament and it's a sports tournament, yeah, they're going to have to cut corners, but like. But it was really bad. Like there were some moments. <laughs> yeah, I think they outsourced a lot of the stuff, but it was it was like it wasn't just middling, it was very bad. No, they, they outsourced it to me. Um, <laughs> I, that makes sense. That, I mean, thank you, Hassan, for your efforts. I mean, it was actually pretty good. It wasn't very bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, you saved uh... it. Cool. Um, I guess we shall get into the review of Beast. Um, so as mentioned before, the film came out on Friday, the 26th of August in the UK. Um, it's directed by Baltasar Kamaku and produced by Will Packer, who you probably will know from like loads of films like Think Like a Man, um, think that kind of genre of movie, which is why I was quite surprised actually that he produced this because it feels mm. so, so different from like all the of BET the other sort yeah. of like movies yeah. that he does. Exactly. Um, so that that was interesting. I think he also did Obsessed as well, which Idris Elba mm. also features in, and Beyonce. Um, it's a good, bad movie <laughs> that I really enjoy watching. It is fun. It is yeah, actually it, it a legitimately fun, fun movie. Yeah. Um, so the film um, rotates. Uh, the film follows uh, Dr. Nate Samuel, who's um, played by Idris Elba, who returns to South Africa um, after his daughter, um, his daughter, after his wife um, has died, um, and that's the country of her origin. So he returns with his daughters who are paid by Ayana Haley and Leah Jeffries. Um, and the trip takes them to a game reserve where shenanigans ensue with, with Simba, but he's not as friendly as you might think, <laughs> you know? Um, things they, don't go so simply. Yeah, things do, there's no Arsemenya Awesome, yeah. There we go. I just, yeah, you know, you have to kind of sing it to be like, am I saying the right thing? <laughs> anyway, it's not a kumbaya moment, it's the opposite of that. Um, it garnered 21.8 million pounds globally in box office so far. Um, and currently the Rotten Tomatoes critic score is at 69%, with the audience rating of 75%. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start off with our general thoughts, as we always do, um, unless there's anything else to add. Um, no, I, th- I think that's that's, that's yeah. it, pretty much. Uh, there's also Charlotte Copley's in this, yeah. who's phenomenal in pretty much everything he does. Yeah, he's in District 9, one of my favourite mm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who plays Martin, who is one of the friends um, of the family, basically. Um, a lot of it was shot in South Africa as well. All of it. All of it was. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, that is true. I don't know why I say a, a lot of it. <laughs> um, all of it was shot in South Africa, which is like a very rare thing to see, I think, especially with like a blockbuster this big. Like even when you do get things filmed in Africa, it's very much like for a segment of the film as mm-hmm. opposed to the whole thing. And I feel like it was quite nice that we got to see so many different parts of um, the country. 
which was just really nice to see in a film that isn't really so much focused on like I don't know crime in South Africa mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like you know any of those usual like poverty or it's just about a family trying to reconnect um with their roots which I think a lot of people will like create relate to um whether you are from like an African background or maybe if you're like African-American and you're kind mm. of seeing you know the motherland for the first time um and again like it's just always nice that I feel like blockbusters their whole purpose is like you know they're kind of catered towards like a very mainstream audience so there never feels like there's anything niche about them mm. and I think like you know things like Black Panther um were great but I think what's so nice about this is because it's actually shot in Africa and it's just like that is just the background of the movie it's very like refreshing and it just kind of um you know it doesn't make it feel like it's a out of tokenism like, or... yeah it's not yeah it just felt very natural and I think it's important for like just casual audiences to see more more of Africa mm-hmm. like just the normalization of black people and black cultures without any sort of caveat is is deeply important and i think they did this really well like there's there's a lot of films where they go to africa or they talk to african people and mm. because they're foreign that is the that is the hook yeah and this doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel like there's they're just people and they're mm. in a setting and it's oh it's not oh my god look at these different yeah. people in the culture yeah. it's these, these human beings and this is our culture like yeah. that's that's super cool they yeah. they filmed with uh, a lot of african talent um they used like a lot of local talent and yeah. infrastructure and like they hired a ton of people to do so as well so this film didn't just show off africa really really nicely it also yeah. um gave a lot of african companies the opportunity to work on this world stage as well which is super cool like yeah. I, I super respect that um, I think what was also it reminded me a lot of um, an interview. Sorry, I was just trying to look up the guy's name because I can't remember it or the film because it was so long ago. But there was a film that came out during the London Film Festival um, that kind of you know it it wasn't necessarily Afrofuturism, but I guess you would class it under that. And I remember the director was talking a lot about just you know a lot of film companies go to Africa and they use local talent, and sometimes they just kind of like are surprised that people there wouldn't like be able to seamlessly be part of the crew or part of the acting and that there's like so like, I think he was talking about when they were funding the film he was like yeah we're gonna like hire all of the cast and crew from um from Africa and they're like oh well you're gonna have a tough time of that and he was like well no because they literally have worked on like <laughs> thousands of sets just like anywhere else so I think that is again like always really important to kind of um branch out um what we think of like Africa and Africans in general and what we think of their cap- cap- I say that as if we're like that but you know of the capabilities of that continent um so yeah I thought that was really cool and there's loads of little moments in the film as well that kind of bring that up to the forefront of your mind without it getting too heavy because again it is mm. a blockbuster I think also it was really nice having a black family that are just just a black family just casual black family dealing yeah. with their life like you know dealing with grief um in the ways that families deal with grief um which you know again I think it's just always nice seeing black people just do normal things without you know they're having to be this extra 
layer of like trauma and race and like mm. obviously that is naturally a part of the conversation and like I would be watching the film and thinking about certain things that tie back to my own culture but I think that should be that doesn't always have to be a externalized kind of forced upon you like <laughs> narrative like I could do that by myself sometimes and it's just nice to not think um that hard into it absolutely it's it's there's so many movies where the trauma is the story and like it's been like that for such a long time that mm. like now a lot of people when they see black people on screen without that it's weird yeah. and I'm like that's it's really troubling <laughs> like that's yeah. Yeah. like it, this this is just like a a black family and it's yeah. it's nice to see kind of a lot of dynamics in family kind of conversations kind of being brought up this way and mm-hmm. it's it's just like it, it's it's like I shouldn't say it's weird but it's strange to see it on this kind of scale of a yeah. movie yeah and and I'm here for that I'm super here for that mm-hmm. um I feel like we can get into spoilers now I guess I don't mm. really have any other general thoughts I think you know it is a blockbuster movie. It is one of those movies that's just like fun to go see with your family and stuff without really having to think too hard or anything. Like you know, it's just like a fun watch. So um, yeah, if you if you can catch it, go catch it. Um, right, let's get into spoilers. Um, I guess we'll start off with what we did not like because I feel like yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's end off happy like let's end up more positive um and I guess we'll get into more like some of the stuff that we've already brought up about like the setting and like the portrayals Mm. of culture um in a bit more detail as well um I think what did I not like it's kind of always weird because I think now I'm in a space where especially being on this podcast where sometimes I just want to go and watch a movie and I just enjoy it and just not really (laughs) think about like not picnic you know Mm -hmm um because sometimes like I don't know you get into a a space where sometimes you become so critical of everything that you just like and nothing is ever going to be perfect Mm -hmm. um but I think that's what's always nice about blockbuster movies but then it also means that they have the same little things that you just like don't like about all (laughs) blockbuster movies which is usually to do with like characters just making stupid decisions that don't make any sense Um, yes (laughs) there was a lot of that happening and I feel like you know um the daughter's characters I think there was a like part of it was them being like super brave um but at the same time making brave dumb decisions (laughs) like you know um one part that really infuriated me so is that um they've been ambushed by this lion essentially the plot of the story is that um Nate and Idris's uh, Idris Elba's character and his daughters go back to um South Africa to kind of like I guess commemorate their mother's life and like where she was from um, and like kind of give, like go on a tour. Um, and in the setup beforehand, um, a lion gets killed. Well, a lion's pack gets killed and he manages to escape and he starts like taking out humans essentially because he's, he's realized what the problem is and the problem as always is humans. <laughs> um, so unluckily the family get kind of caught up in this whole thing, despite the fact that them and their family friend, Martin, who is one of the um, reservation type people. He's a, uh, he's a biologist. So he's yeah. like, he's, he's in charge of the safari. Yeah. Looking after 
all of the lions and stuff, but they get mm. caught up in it. And at one point he kind of gets separated from the rest of the group. And he's like on this little like swamp islandy place. First of all, he steps into the water when there are crocodiles swimming he, in the water. Lit- and I was like, why would you do that? He, you literally, this is the shot. He like is standing on the edge of the, like, it's not a sandbank, but like, you know, the swamp bank or whatever. And you see two like alligators, crocodiles, whatever they are going to the water. And then he, he, he gets into the water as well. And I'm like, I know you're hiding from the lion, but I don't think getting killed by a, a, like a crocodile is the best next step. Um, Do you remember and then, we, when we watched it and like that happened and like, I just, this is the angry. Like, why? Also, you're a biologist. <laughs> what the hell? Um, but the, I guess there were like loads of moments like that where characters were maybe trying to make like, the brave decision but it also was a decision that was going to get them or someone else killed um for example when one of the daughters um calls you know her dad over the radio as he's like in the dark (laughs) being stalked by a lion it's like you should not communicate try to communicate with him because you're going to call attention to him like there were just so many moments like that that I just I was like why are you doing this um so I guess those were like a little bit frustrating um but I guess because we got a happy ending, it wasn't as grating. But I sometimes I feel like when a character makes a stupid decision, I kind of want them to be punished for it because I'm yes. like, you, like at least then that kind of validates me being like, why did you do that? Um, but at the same time, there are also moments like when um, Mare goes off to um, get Martin because he's trapped on the um, bank. We didn't actually get to see her go get him. And I would have really enjoyed to like, actually see like her bravery play out so I think there were some moments obviously like you can't keep every shot in a movie but I think there are a few like moments like that that I would have liked to see um a bit more of um do you have any things that you were not a massive fan of yeah um there's there's like a lot of um kind of qualified pros and a lot of qualified cons in this Mm. movie um it, it my my feelings of it is quite complicated. So there's the the way that it portrays like African culture and African mm-hmm. people really mm-hmm. good, but mm-hmm. we spend most of the time seeing African people and African cultures after decimation and desolation, mm-hmm. which is frustrating. It's like mm-hmm. frustrating as hell because it's like yeah. we're here in in beautiful South Africa and you yeah. had this chance to like show off. The culture and, that yeah, you're going back home to see right yeah yeah and we and all we got to see of that is poachers and mm-hmm. the the dead yeah yeah and that was like super frustrating for me yeah no i hear that actually because i think that was the other thing that, that there was a lot more for like i know that her mum was obviously a photographer and she would have spent mm. a lot of time with wildlife but you would have thought that she would have they would have been spending more time with maybe like her family mm-hmm. or like her actual like engaging more with the culture as opposed to just the wildlife, which is mm-hmm. what a lot of people do when they go to Africa anyway. They go and see the sites, but they don't go to see the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, it, I agree. It would have been nice to kind of get a bit more. We did kind of get that a little bit with like, you know, when um, Martin takes them to that village and he was like, mm. you know, be very respectful. These are people mm-hmm. like, you don't like, you know, don't be just be taking pictures, which is, um, which I thought was a great statement because that's something we see all of the time, especially with like white people going to Africa and taking pictures with starving babies and be like, look, mm. I did a good thing. Like, it, and no, so, you, you know, that is like, mm, so you no, that these person, people's privacy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that was a really nice statement. But then again, the next scene is 
all of their dead bodies just all over the place mm. as opposed to actually getting a moment to see how the girls would have interacted with like you know this tribe and and like the way that they live and all that kind of stuff mm. um, so I guess yeah it would have been nice to get more than just almost the lip surface and actually yes. see see that like see that thought actually be um put on screen my my other um my other gripe um and I think this is like because like you've you've touched on most of the things that I kind of um was was like annoyed about but um mm. like there's nothing in this that's like made me go Ugh, I hate this film yeah um but like my other gripe was there was a lot left on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. and it kind of made context feel left by the wayside yeah so the the uh the the poacher subplot mm-hmm. is something that felt very kind of stop and start and and didn't make a lot of sense because it felt like we were missing mm. 30 to 40 minutes of uh like setup and kind of yeah. explanation yeah. why these characters feel the way and act the way they do and mm. act the way they do in in concord with each other and with martin and with the the head poacher there's a relationship there that was yeah. kind of not alluded really, but, to yeah. but it never was like fully explored yeah uh, but I can't really find the the cutting bad because this film is super lean and it doesn't actually say it's welcome mm. so there's that side of it as well so like it it's very yeah, qualified by yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my, my yeah, pros and cons yeah I think the way that I read like I I think I felt the same thing but I didn't see it as so much like that there had been like things cut out I'm sure there were but for Mm. me it was more in the dialogue that sometimes it was like things were coming up and there was no kind of um so for example when they talk about like the anti-poachers and stuff I just felt like it came out of nowhere and I was like uh like I know she says like oh I've read about it online but it was so like okay why mm-hmm. are you bringing that up now so I think there were a lot of moments in the dialogue for me that made it um made it feel like I feel like you know if they were gonna like cut out the, that certain like setup there was a way to put it in more seamlessly in the dialogue whereas it mm. just felt very like janky when certain things would come up um which it, yeah it felt like a Chekhov's gun that wasn't yeah. fully explained and yeah. shot either yeah like that was that was a thing this movie there are um a few Chekhov guns kind of like dash throughout um the lines being the main, the main one. I mean <laughs> that one I was fine because as that soon was, as they yeah. said it I was like okay so the end he's definitely gonna get fucked up by these lines <laughs> but like I, I was okay with that because it, it did feel quite like natural mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but I think it was like the other ones like the whole anti-poaching thing that were just very felt a lot more uh crowbarred in yeah and i was like huh what um yeah so. i i think those are my gripes <laughs> yeah no i agree um yeah i guess let's move on to what we did like um i thought that the film was really stunning and this is something i was going to bring up mm. actually when you were talking earlier just about like portrayals of africa and stuff um <laughs> there was like a meme that i saw on instagram that was like um, it was about filming in like Arab countries and you know how they always have that weird filter, yes. the orange filter, yes. and then they got the music. The same guitar like, lick, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. they've got like a camel randomly in the background. <laughs> yeah. And then there's always like a woman <laughs> with her scarf that just goes like this. Yeah. And then there's also like the, it was like all of that stuff. I'm so happy that that stuff that you usually get associated yes. with Africa wasn't in this film. Like it was visually just very, <laughs> like there was no like weird, 
I mean, it's not weird, but you know, there's always like that stereotypical, like random generic, like African track. And there were some yes. African tracks in this, but they didn't feel, they didn't feel like the basic, like one that, that you know, directors just pull out because it sounds like. It, it wasn't the African. Wilhelm scream yeah. of, of African music. It, it, it was yeah. that. Um, so it, it was nice to have that. There wasn't like random shots of like a kid with like, I don't know, a fly crawling around his mm-hmm. face or anything like that. Um, so I thought like visually it was really stunning. And I think it really like, it did show you the beauty of the area that they were in. Um, so much so that you kind of almost felt like you were there yourself at times. It was very vivid. Um, also, the lion didn't look bad. Absolutely. No, the- the CGI like, was really good. Yeah, the CGI was excellent. <laughs> like, and I, I think that's. I thought that, like, at some point, I was gonna catch something that was gonna be a bit, mm, a bit. <laughs> like, no, the visuals were like, because you always do. Like, even mm-hmm. Marvel movies these days, it's kind of like, uh, what the hell is going on there? But it was, it was very, it was solid CGI. Like, the visuals were amazing. It like the um, going back to Star Wars when they brought Grandma Falcon back and he looked just. <laughs> like terrifying yeah. like it it was it was like um if <laughs> if he came back as a monster <laughs> they were like this the 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 hair and the movement yeah. and like the weight to the motion yeah. it felt yeah. solid and real yeah. and like it made the tension feel so much more organic because you mm-hmm. didn't feel like you were looking at like a ps2 yeah. like simba <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I think also there was something nice that they did with the lion where you could kind of see because the whole thing that they have about the lion is that you know his family have been killed by these poachers and now he's going he's he's taking it personal he's taking mm-hmm. the, like the humans down kind of like um I don't know if you remember there was that series where animals were like taking over I can't remember what it was called I started watching it the BBC it, one it might have been BBC it's yeah. BBC or Channel 4 it's yeah something like that and it was like animals all over the world start mm. like taken over because they're like we've had enough of this human shit um but like there was something very like inte- intelligent behind the kind of like lion's eyes or like Mm-mm-mm. maybe not intelligence and like, i mean obviously lions are centered yeah, it yeah. Was, there was a oh i've just lost the word for it intention there was mm-hmm. a lot of like intention behind the lion's eyes which was like very it was very cool um and i think that's what made um all of the scenes like even more terrifying um and also made you feel really like because you know that this family haven't done anything wrong and mm-hmm. then especially characters like Martin who has been like you know using his life to actually like save all of these animals and he, the lion is like turning against him it made those scenes just feel a lot more um tense and emotional because the lion is a like just you know acting as an animal in mm-hmm. vengeance and is not really seeing the difference between the good and the bad humans and I think that was just like an interesting an interesting thought in general um so yeah that was that was really cool um there's there's like um there's a lot of solid action in this movie and there's a lot of good tension building like one of the things that like really stuck out and really like stayed with me is how they how they use like the audio in this movie to Mm. build and sell tension yeah. like there's a lot of moments of of like Nate crawling through like the darkness and yeah. in the water and the ripples and you're getting nervous because you're like oh my god the, I hear the ripples it's gonna hear the ripples yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, no, that was killing so I just remember something I did have a gripe with but carry on <laughs> oh okay <laughs> um 
Why would you try and go hand to hand with a lion? It's because he didn't have anything else. He didn't have no, a choice. He had a knife. He could. I personally, I would have just booked it towards the other lions. Like I wouldn't have even tried to, to get into a battle with him. I would have just gone as close as I could to the other lions before I even tried to turn around. I no, you can't go to like he could have at least looked for something inside the school. In fairness, I'm I'm picking that as a great. No, in fairness, he he did he, have a knife though. He didn't really come out of that like. Yeah, he did get whooped, but he should have been dead. Like, yeah. why are we trying to break punches with a lion? I mean, he was he just I, snapped I, off your head. It felt like he, he was, was gonna die, and then him surviving at the end was like a, a nice bone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Nidris, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, that just goes to like, I guess there's certain characters decisions that have to happen as screen rant would say for the movie to happen so you know, yeah um it that, is like what it is. it's not a gripe but it's it's not a plus either yeah. there was moments in this movie where i didn't understand who the audience was mm, like yeah. uh, i didn't know if this was like aimed for the whole family with kids and everything because yeah. i was like this is there's <laughs> there's a lot of maulings yeah. like there's yeah. a lot of Straight up murders. <laughs> I guess that's more something you'd go see with your friends, or like mm. if you were a teen and you'd go see it with your parents. Yeah, because like the the action good. never gets to like eighteen kind yeah. of action. There's no like guts and entrails and like missing limbs. But there's also a lion chomping at people and dragging them off into the darkness. Like it, yeah. there's this tonal kind of whiplash sometimes. Yeah. But like it also that dissonance kind of also works because of like the the fraught relationship between the family and the sisters and yeah. like the clear dysfunction that they are all suffering from, mm. which is like a it, it very much track like a human relationship. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, I was gonna say that was something that I liked as well, like mm. especially like the sisters' relationships with each other and like um. I feel like it's quite interesting actually to have like I feel like the younger sister being the voice of reason is something that's quite different like usually yeah. the younger sister they're like or the younger sibling is usually either just oblivious or they're the very angry one and the older sibling tends to be the one with a bit more understanding maybe who tends to be like the calmer one who doesn't act out so I thought it was interesting that they kind of flipped that um, mm. and that it was um, yeah that it was the other way around. Um, and I also think it's always interesting just like coming into a family dynamic with no, like, you know, something has happened, but you've not been there for that event and everything that you see just kind of unfolds um, as you go through the film, as opposed to you already like, there were no, that well, there weren't really any flashbacks of the mom <laughs> like dying or anything for us mm. to like kind of go over. And it was like, you know, you, especially in the first bit, like you kind of, I didn't even realize there was going to be any tension until you kind of have that first interaction between Mare and Nate where then you're like, oh, they don't like each other that mm. much this moment. And then just like, oh dear. It, it um, was the luggage that we yeah. realized that there yeah. was something they need to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a good one. Though. <laughs> was... I like, I had to lead you to that, <laughs> to that joke. Yeah, you did have to lead But it, it was good. It was very seamless. Um, so yeah, I, I did like those um character relationships, which actually does bring us on to um some piece of news that came out recently about the casting. Um, in which so Idris Elba's daughter um actually wanted to be in the film, 
um, which you would be like, yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. Daughter, mm. father, good chemistry. Um, but she, it, it just didn't work. Um, she auditioned and that they didn't have the chemistry, so she didn't get the role. Um, and she was very mad at her father for that um, and didn't talk to him for like three weeks, which, I mean, I would also not talk to me, my dad for three weeks because I'd be like, what the hell? Um, I, but... would, I would bring that up forever. Yeah. <laughs> you would literally, like, it would be like, I would be 80, like, and I would still be like, yeah, you remember that time? Because I remember that time. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I feel like it's even more, like, it's even worse because the like it's her dad who was telling her about her. um so I don't know but I guess that's almost like the best person to for it to come from so it um, turns out it was Will Packer who had to tell her which uh, I feel like is kind of <laughs> well I guess you would think it's better to but have no, like but an official like person Elba who had the feeling first and then he was like okay yeah it's not I, like okay if I was the dad I wouldn't want to tell them. Yeah. So like... yeah. I'd be like, he said this. I, I think we have great chemistry, but you know, it's his film. I can't really do anything about it. So um... like when they talked about it and like uh, Will Packer was kind of explaining, he was like the on-screen chemistry and human family chemistry isn't the same thing. Yeah. And having like the working relationship kind of thing is slightly different to kind yeah. of act across to someone. Yeah. So like, I get it and it makes sense but like it it feels weird because like how often nepotism wins out yeah i think that's what it feels. i think that was the main thing it was just like well i've seen other movies where people have been casted and they are not right for the world mm. but they still get the role anyway just because you know vibes it, it, <laughs> yeah vibes. Like, uh, no but, honestly i'm i'm glad they kind of went with the the actors that they did because yeah. like the mayor and um well, like lee jeffries and i and hayley were like phenomenal together yeah um yeah no I agree I just it's, it's funny to think about it but I hope that <laughs> he in other roles um that are right for her. it is interesting though like just talking about chemistry because it is so weird but then it's like also at the same time you get a lot of people who play romantic partners in films and then like end up together like that whole chemistry like chemistry tests I've always found just so interesting because it's mm-hmm. like something that you can't force at all like it's either you could be a brilliant actor or brilliant actress whatever but if the chemistry is just there you just not there like there's literally nothing you could do about it because audiences like pick up on that so quickly like there's literally a magic to it and I just don't know what what that (laughs) magic is but it's so it's so weird um but I've never really thought about it in terms of I guess like dynamics dynamics yeah um so that's really interesting because it's like well yeah you would think but it's her dad but yeah (laughs) on screen is completely different so um that is very interesting um do you have any more thoughts or final thoughts before we get into a rating i suppose honestly i i think it's a fun film um it's it's definitely wasn't something that's like my cup of tea like i don't know if i'd have seen this like outside of this context but i'm glad Mm -hmm. it did it was it was quite enjoyable like Mm -hmm. There's definitely like some standout moments to it, uh, the like the action of the CGI and like the sisters' relationship in particular. But like, yeah, it's a, it's a solid it's a solid blockbuster. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I feel like it's like something you just fun to see with the fam, not the younger fam, but you know the fam. <laughs> like, um, come here, nephews. We're gonna yeah. scar you for life. 
And it's also cool to see like all of the different talents as well. And like you said, it was visually really great. Um, and I've never like seen anything that Balthazar has done before. So I'd be really interested to see what else he comes about, comes out. Um, but I think, you know, as we said before, it's always nice to see portrayals of Africa in general. Um, and it was interesting that Will Packer, for example, was like working on a film that's quite different from mm. the other things that he's like filmed before. And to see it in a like, as you said before, like it's not just going to show up on BET, like it's, it's you know, it's in cinemas for like audiences of all um, cultures to come and see um, with some really cool talent, um, especially with like the two sisters as well. I'm really excited to see where their careers go. Um, but yeah, what would you rate it out of 10? Seven? I'll give this a seven. I feel like I'd give it a six. Six point five. Solid. Yeah. It, it's like I give sixes things I turn off my brain, but I can still enjoy. Mm. I, I but I feel like that's how I felt like about this. Mm. Um, like I enjoyed it, but I didn't really I didn't have to think too much about it afterwards mm. or during it. Like I, you know, my brain wasn't pinging off. Um, but it was fun. So, what have you been up to then? Um, I've been playing Fardu Valley a lot. Uh, married Elliot. I was having a crisis over who I was going to marry this time because, <laughs> like, my, I've been watching this channel actually, and he does a lot of surveys about Stardew Valley. And he did a survey about like people's first marriages, and usually, surprisingly, it's usually Shane and Abby. Um, and Abigail was obvious to me, but like, it's usually Shane. And I was like, my first marriage was Shane. So this time I was trying to do something different. I thought about Sam. Nearly went with Sam, then I kind of was like, mm, maybe I should should go with Sebastian. And then I was like, you know what? I'm a writer, and Elliot's just nice. Like this, he's just nice. He's dramatic. He's just nice. This is a Barry Stan account, and I'll hear no different. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I I married. It was you your and, first marriage. Uh, Maru. Um, the one I regret the but most. Maru is... is so standoffish. She's so chill. She's like just such a nerd. I'm like perfect. Uh, <laughs> There's um the the one I regret the so. most is Leah. Like that is the one I regret the most. It's just like oh my god, yeah. I found out Leah <laughs> was toxic. I didn't realize that. Just um <laughs> yeah, no, not a fan. No, I'm like I stopped playing that game and I restarted. I was like, mm, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that and I've been playing Four Guys. Uh, yes i nearly won a game the other day but because it was the first time i'd ever gone top two i was like i literally was playing and i was like to you like oh my god it's just it was like one of those like elimination games oh sick it was just two of us left and i was like oh my god levi i'm in the top two and i forgot that i was playing i just got so excited and then i fell off and then i lost so it was really sad and i genuinely think i could have made it happen so um i will not stop playing until i win once like i just need to win once that's all but oh it was so annoying um but i feel like yeah that's mostly well, i finished that man um so which has made me want to go back and read the graphic novels it's again. really good isn't it um it's okay <laughs> okay we'll, we'll, we'll do an episode of it it's fine yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all right i i don't know I, I, I enjoyed it but i just wanted a bit more I think that like yeah when I was talking to Levi about it and just like I didn't finish the graphic novels but from where I like had left off that it 
there's like a sense in the graphic novels that I don't, I'm not sure can be translated to TV necessarily um, because it just feels so like abstract and kind of like a lot of the things that happen are just, they, well, they feel very dreamy. So, but I, I'm not sure that it, like, I didn't hate the show or anything, but I think it just like, it was missing that magic for me personally. Um, but yeah. Um, I am currently uh, kind of in a weird place of playing like a bunch of different big games while not playing games that I've been wanting to play for a while. So I've um, been playing Mafia 3, which is it, it's it's an open world game with all the trappings that therein lies. And those are my my addictions. <laughs> like, I just spent like, stupid amounts of time playing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm, there is. I have other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nothing wrong with that. I will validate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I've also still been playing Binding Visor. I got back into Dead Cells, which is like if you like games that are difficult and roguelikes, Dead Cells is one of the, one of the best roguelikes just ever made. Like it's amazing. Um, I've been trying to think like what else have I been doing? Um, I picked up a graphic novel called. Um, Isla, I'm not sure about it yet. The art yeah. is phenomenal. The story, I'm kind of like, this could go somewhere yeah. super cool, super yeah. interesting, but like, it's it's early days. Um, it, it feels quite Ghibli esque in in the way that it kind of sets up in the world and like the animals and the wildlife, the the faction, like the factionality of things, like it very like um, Princess Mononoke esque. But like. I'm still early on, so I'm like, mm, this could get amazing, or it might not be worth continuing reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel that way about a lot of graphic novels. <laughs> I have a lot of number ones on my shelf that I'm just like, not even number ones, like tradebacks. Mm. Um, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh. this some graphic novel that I used to read called The Wicked and the Diviner. I don't like the story, but the art was so great to me that I just used to read it for the sake of it. But I read it online um, because I was like, I ain't buying this. The Wicked and the Vine gets much, much better, like, as it continues. Because there's, like, a lull period in the middle where, like, I feel, I think they changed, like, a writer or something after yeah, that. Yeah, and, like, yeah. it got a lot better. Because it's it's the the guy who does uh, Die, that uh, D&D um, graphic novel, which is really good. Like, really good. Um, yeah, I, I also just want to say, keep reading Something is Killing the Children. That series is so good. Like it's so good. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's an episode. Um, as always, you can listen to us on Spotify, which I assume maybe you're doing. Maybe you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe you're listening on Anchor Podchaser. I don't know, <laughs> but you have found us. Um, please keep sharing and like leave us a review and a like if you like the episodes. Um, in terms of social media, you can find us on Instagram at the Nerd Alternative. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the Nerd Alternative without the E after the N. Um, same on Reddit. Um, yeah, just like if you have thoughts, if you have opinions, if you want to say something, just come through and say it. Um, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>